0: sisters i'm leanne dolan here on tuesday september 24th with my sister julie dolan in dallas texas julie
1: we made it two for tuesday (laughs) woohoo this is this is uh, just it's epic leanne that really is that we are doing a tuesday show we got a lot of good feedback about it leanne so (laughs) i'd say just press on
0: you know we did get a lot of good feedback we got one piece of feedback that i just want to pass along like most of the feedback was like Christmas has come early, okay? So thank you so much. That makes us feel great. But Julie, Wendy, okay, Wendy was concerned. She was looking for a little more edge and a little more tude, as she said.
1: <laughs> edge and tude, Yeah. And then she mentioned. Breaking Bad or something? This is satellite. <laughs> this is satellite, <laughs> sister. And then
0: she mentioned, didn't one of you throw an iron at the other one at some point? First of all, you're thinking of Monica and Sheila, not Julie and Leon. (laughs) So we have never thrown small appliances at each other.
1: Mm -mm. No, not even nothing, not, not shoes, not, you know, hair products. I, I, I think, uh, there have been some words, words between us, uh, but I
0: don't think we've ever thrown any items. So, uh, Wendy, it's unlikely that Julie and I are going to beat the crap out of each other on this Tuesday show. (laughs) So if that's what you're hoping for, I, I'm sorry to disappoint, but we're going to do our best today, Wendy, to give you a little edge and a little tune. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Um, I'm just going to say it. I have a cold, but I'm going to carry on. Okay. <laughs> I had exactly 24 hours to get a cold in between uh, being the celebrity auctioneer and embarking on kind of a busy 10-day speaking schedule, and I got it. I got the cold <laughs> right on schedule. So it's my first of the school year. Congratulations to me,
1: <laughs> uh, Leon. I, I, we're all on the edge of our seats, just wondering. How you did as auctioneer at that event you went to this week. That was on your to-do list. If you listened to the show last week, Leon was venturing. You were trying something new with your life. You were going into auctioneering. How did it go there? Okay. First of all,
0: uh, listen up. If you are looking to throw a fundraiser for your organization, and I know many Satellite Sisters are heavily involved in volunteerism and community organizations that are looking for funds, here's uh, here's a winning combination. All right. I uh, was the celebrity and I use that word loosely. That's what they called me auctioneer for um Ladies Night Out. It was a fundraiser for the cancer support community here in Pasadena. It's a great organization that provides counseling and classes and bereavement circles uh, for cancer patients and their families, all completely free of charge. Free of charge. So and I've been involved with this organization for two or three, three years now. Uh, so this is my like third or fourth event for them. But the first time I had been tapped as the auctioneer and I had missed this particular event last year because unbelievably, Julie, it was the week my, our own mother was diagnosed with cancer. So Sheila and I were supposed to attend this and we didn't last year. So obviously I'm going this year, uh, to, to be the auctioneer in memory of mom and, um, ladies night out though. I'm, I'm concerned because the concept is this, Julie. It's all ladies, okay? okay that's <laughs> a good concept. Okay. You, you know, know it's a brilliant concept. I wasn't so sure about it, but here's the thing. You know if you're married, uh, to, uh, particularly to a man. <laughs> I don't know if you're married to a woman how this works, but if you're married to a man, you have to drag them to these fundraisers. Wouldn't
1: you say, Julie, that... that... It's, it's not really their thing. No. They, they go, they tolerate it. Occasionally, they get kind of competitive when it comes to the auction, uh, the auction items. But other than that, no. This, if they, if there was, if they never had to go to a uh, a fundraising auction again in their lives, they would be happy. Exactly
0: right. They're they're not anticipating it. They're not planning what to wear. They're looking to get out of there as quickly as possible. In general, that's the general feeling. So, Julie, this fundraiser eliminates all that. It's just the ladies. It was a sold out event at a beautiful venue. Silent good. auction, live auction, and the ladies were looking good. I know that I decided to get professional makeup because I looked at the schedule. I had to be there for photos at 6 p.m., but I wasn't supposed to go on and do my auctioneering stuff till 9.30.
1: Whoa, but you, but let's just stop and uh, ponder that. Leanne, they're taking photos of you, like so people, if they wanted a picture with the celebrity? No,
0: no, press photos.
1: For the, oh. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> No, no. Okay, I'm glad we cleared that up. Yeah, no, no. These were just like photos for the local society pages. So, um, but then you had to wait around till nine thirty.
0: Right. I mean, but it's a party. But yeah, so that's a long time for the makeup to fall off your face, basically. (laughs) And And you
1: really can't—you can't can't really enjoy yourself and have a cocktail or two because you're the auctioneer. No, you cannot. No, yeah.
0: you cannot. And you, I don't even really like to eat before I speak because that sometimes is a recipe for disaster in various ways. So yeah, it's like killing three hours. So I decide, well, I'll just get the, I'll get the air blasted makeup on. You know, I like the spray on makeup that they do, <laughs> mm-hmm. just shellacks right to your face and it lasts forever. And I decide, I said, light eyes, no smoky eyes, just going with a very clean, light, bright look. And I had on the dress that I wore to Megan's wedding, that little sparkly dress. Mm-hmm. uh so big hit fantastic i get there first of all i get to the hair and makeup place oh it's packed with other ladies going to ladies night out oh. i mean they are all getting their hair and makeup done and they're not the auctioneers people were so psyched julie to go to this fundraiser <laughs> all husbands, got... right this no is... husbands they're going to have there's a the live auction a silent auction there's a belly dancer that's being promised with belly dance lessons and then there's just an 80s band so apparently all the ladies just get up and dance with each other at the end it's like this I guess is what sororities are like I was never in a sorority but it's like an evening with like your sorority sisters 20 years from now so uh, a good time Liam. you know what women were having a fantastic time and they were bidding on things and the silent auction and the food was delicious. And as I said, the room looked beautiful and everyone got really dressed up, totally sold out. And then, uh, then things started to happen out of order, Julie, because uh, the organizers finally looked at the schedule and they said, well, that's a long lag until the silent auction. We're just going to go for it. And I was, I was like mid fork. I was just about to have some chicken. I'm like, I'm on. I'm on now. now I'm on. <laughs> I, thought I had like an hour and a half. I was like, okay, okay, I'm on. Okay, I'm on. And I had seven items and then I had to do a paddle raise. That's, you know, when people just donate money. Yeah. And they decided to do the paddle raise first. Julie, I have never done a paddle raise. I've never done anything. Uh, they, they rearranged the schedule so much. There was almost no introduction of me. So I just kind of stood up on the stage. and started. Maybe that's better.
1: So they don't know who's, who you are. <laughs>
0: started talking, uh, introducing myself. I'm like, if we're going, we're going. And I know your tip to me was don't talk fast, but it is so exciting when you're the auctioneer and things are moving so fast. And so we did the paddle raise and I'm like, okay, donate, you know, $2,500. Okay. There were too many paddles up for that number, but once I got to a thousand, There were a lot of paddles up, and I'm calling out numbers. (laughs) It's just, it's total chaos. And then we get to the live auction, and, uh, you know, all you need are two or three good tables to bid, and that's what I had. I had two or three tables of ladies. They came to support this organization and to buy a few things. So they were buying, you know, there was a really good, like, party for 50 people You know, catered by like a gourmet dog, uh, hot dog place and a DJ. There was a week at a ski condo and they were buying. I could not keep up. It was so exciting. I just, I kept things moving. I think I had a couple of good
1: jokes. Goodly. And so you didn't have that terrible dead air when you had them put out an auction item and nobody wanted to bid on it. We and did
0: not have that I at all. You
1: had to lower the, uh, your, your starting bid or anything like that? Oh. We, we did
0: not have that at all. And I had two women out there spotting and sort of getting the crowd going that did an amazing job. Everybody was handed, you know, those little belly dancing scarves? yes. <laughs> You know, those things. Well, everyone yeah. got one. And because it was all ladies, people put them on. So the people helping me with the auction were, like, running around shaking their scarves. And it was very exciting. And I felt like I raised, like, $25,000 for this Ooh. organization. Ooh. I, thought I felt like that was a really good haul for my first auction.
1: Do you feel like this is something that you want, want to pursue uh, professionally? Um, as really, in-
0: uh, I don't think it's something I would want to pursue professionally. But as somebody said to me in the carpool lane, they said... Uh, was we were waiting for our car she, she said um you know you did such a good job you're going to be asked by every organization in town to do this <laughs> so it's like going to be a profession i think it's going to be a volunteer activity but here's the thing so either the live action goes swimmingly now the program's going on and we're supposed to get the belly dancer right people mm-hmm. are psyched now there's going to be some belly dance lessons and then the band the 80s band is going to like kick into you know uh Hey Mickey, you're so fine, right? So, so, the boy- <laughs> yeah. Now you're talking. This is a party, right? All right. The the work part of the evening is over. We're belly dancing. So the young woman comes on, and I notice she's the only one not wearing a belly dancing scarf. Julie, Julie don't you know the place, the dance place that booked uh, the place they booked the dancer with? They sent a stripper instead <gasps> of a belly- <laughs> a belly dancer. So, whoa, wait a minute. Wait oh, a yeah. Minute. She, it's a room of 150 women, some of whom are breast cancer survivors. And we have like a 25 year old stripper on the dance floor.
1: And she's like doing like those, she's twerking and doing the yeah. whole oh. tassel.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yes.
1: Yes. Oh, no, wait a minute. Now, do you think that's true? Or do you think that, that people, they invited the stripper and just called her a belly dancer to keep it a surprise? I
0: don't, I don't think so. Because, because the look of horror on the chair's face, like, no. when, there was just a lot of confusion. Like, women are standing up ready to belly dance and she's not belly dancing. No, no, no. She's working with the upper half of her body mainly.
1: <laughs> oh, my <laughs>
0: It was like, what was that? That will was, be the talk of the town now. I hey, mean, well,
1: I, I imagine <laughs> that, that the word is going to get out that this organization has strippers.
0: strippers. Oh, ladies night out. It's wild. They raise money for cancer and then they take their clothes off. I mean, it was just that at the end with like the big reveal, which she takes her top off. and you see the tassels. People are like, uh-huh. <laughs> yes. There was only just... Polite applause, I would say, for the young woman. Gosh.
1: Oh, who was in charge of the belly dancer stripper booking? Uh- she
0: shall she shall remain nameless. But and then oh. the band started, and uh, I think the stripper was all but forgotten. In fact, I saw several women the next day, and one of them said, "Was it me, or was that actually a stripper at that <laughs> event last <laughs> night?" Like, people were almost not sure what they had seen it just made all the belly dancing scars very confusing but now, all in all it was a really fun night well, i have to say i can't believe it and this is if you're looking for just a winning combination for your next fundraiser forget the men leave them at home <laughs> uh, have a ladies night out you can forget the stripper but i was kind of looking forward to that belly dancer
1: You think it's a package? You don't think that people think you're a part of the package deal? You get the auctioneer (laughs) and the stripper
0: come together. All I can say is I'm just glad I went on before the stripper. That's all. It would (laughs) that would have maybe sunk my professional career to follow the stripper, which I believe was the original uh, was the original show flow. So happy to have gone on before.
1: Okay, well, those wild girls of Pasadena. I'm telling you, Liam, crazy,
0: crazy. Hey, speaking of Wild Girls, uh, stay tuned because if you are in the Dallas area, I I am flying to Dallas Sunday where I'm doing an event for Julie to raise some money for a good charity for her. But then we have organized a small Satellite Sisters meetup. Yes,
1: we have, Leanne, and I'm really excited about this. This is at the Warwick Melrose Hotel. Now, it used to be called the Melrose Hotel, and for some reason they've now changed it to the Warwick Melrose Hotel. But here's the reason why this is the ideal place for a meet up with us next Monday night. That would be September 30th. It's Sheila's birthday. She, it's Sheila's
0: birthday. She won't <laughs> be there, but
1: <laughs> she won't be there. But you can come and we can toast Sheila. How about that? But it's on Oak Lawn Avenue, which is super convenient. Okay, free valet parking. You got to love that. Wow. Okay. That's good. And, and it has a lovely library bar. That's the name of the bar. It's called the Library. And so it's very comfortable, very female friendly. It's a nice place to come. And as I say, you don't have to worry about the parking. And we're going to be there at six o'clock Monday night, September thirtieth. And come by; we'd love to. We'd love to talk to you. Right.
0: It's just me and Julie. There's not nothing. There's to, that's up. it. We're not selling you anything. We're not you... going to
1: throw drinks at each other.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Because I was going to bring a small appliance. <laughs> we're going to have a bar fight, Wendy, if you're in the area. <laughs> yeah,
1: we could do that. We could do that with a little two there. So but okay. I think it's good because it is Monday night, you know, and you have to compete with Monday night football at yes. a lot of establishments. Um it, they have only one small screen. So if you want to, you know, keep keep a you know, abreast, how about that, Leanne, abreast of, <laughs> of the scores, Very you'll be edgy. Able to do yeah. that. Um but but you know it's it won't it won't interfere with our fun. And I okay. think this is the ideal place. I took one of my satellite sisters there. This past Monday night, just to test it out, see see what the, see what the atmosphere was like. And uh, we, we feel it's ideal for this event.
0: Fantastic. So we will put information about that Dallas meetup on our website at Satellitesisters.com. You can find it there. And okay. we'll put it on the Facebook page, too.
1: Yep. So, Leon, I have a pick and a pan for oh. you this, uh, this Tuesday, okay? Pick and a pan Tuesday. This is one one pick of something to read and a pan of a movie that I want you to stay away from. <laughs> okay. I want everyone to stay away from this movie. Just stay away from it. Okay, so let me start with the pan. Um, that would be the new box off box office hit, Prisoners. Oh yeah, Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Okay, I I mean I'm no Sheila Dolan, but I can I can I can tell you tell you what's wrong with this movie first of all it's incredibly brutal that's the right word for it. so if you if you like a lot of brutality in your movies that okay. if you like a lot of violence in your movies this is for you okay it's super depressing okay everybody in the movie is completely uh, is just it's very depressing it's raining throughout the movie. Um, it's also even though it's supposed to be tense it's surprisingly boring it's like, come on, come on. It's, uh, it is the story of it's supposed to be a moral dilemma. Um, some, something happens to Hugh Jackman's family. Okay. And that he takes action based on, on what happens. That's, that's the story. Jake Gyllenhaal plays a police detective that's trying to, you know, figure out this crime, but it's incredibly boring. So on that part of it, it's, so there's some structural problems with yeah. the movie. Okay. And then the ending is ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> one of those, Leanne, you're the writer, but you know when when you just, when you feel like, well, we've got to make it, we've got to put everything in the ending. So it can't just be one reason for the movie or for the crime to be solved. We, we have to have like 14 reasons. And that's what they do. That's what they throw in at the end of the movie. So I'm not, that's not really a spoiler, but it's just ridiculous. Then they have a supporting cast of two very fine actors, Terrence Howard and Viola Davis. Yeah, love them. But they're in the wrong movie. I don't even know why they're in this movie because Hugh Jackman plays a roofer. That's what it, that, that's his character. He has a he's an independent roof contractor in Pennsylvania, you know, lower middle class guy. And his neighbors are these very distinguished Terrence Howard and Viola Davis, and you just you just can't believe that they're his neighbors. Number one, they look like college professors, and you know I, it's like I don't know who cast them in that movie. So that that's that was very troubling. The whole I don't know
0: who cast Hugh Jackman as a roofer. I mean, who's kidding who?
1: He's actually kind of, well, they, you know, they, there's a lot of Oscar buzz about this. and they Yeah, it got good reviews. Okay, I, it's it's just, it really, it's such a terrible movie, I can't tell you. And then Jake Gyllenhaal, whoever was in charge of his the costumes, he plays a detective, and he's on this case, and, you know, he's very serious about it. But he has, he wears a shirt that is too small, okay, is one size too small, with the top button buttoned, no tie. Okay, now... Have you ever seen a man wear a shirt like that? No. No, I don't know what I don't know who told him to wear that. So that is like completely irritating throughout the entire movie. It's like he's wearing the same shirt. It's got the button buttoned all the way up. I just This I,
0: is like mom doing a review <laughs> of a movie. Okay, but you know what Lena, yeah, But it bugs you. but you know, that's you a, only
1: notice bad
0: costuming.
1: It's, you tend it's not to it's, it's a total it's it's just so brutal and so violent and and it's just uh, so I was very I was very surprised how bad it was. So that's my uh, that's my pan for the week. But on a very Because you know
0: what when I saw the previews this summer I'm like no amount of money could get me to go see that movie. Anyway. Really? You had yeah. already yeah, yeah, I had already decided it and then it got really good reviews and but Julie, pan. I'm on it. I'm panning it.
1: Okay, now here is a pick that I want to that I want to talk about. I've just finished a great book. It's a a biography. How about that? Oh. It's called The Spy Who Loved and this is the story, the secret, and the lives of Christine Granville. Does that name sound familiar? No, she no. was a spy, a Polish. Uh, she was born into a Polish uh, aristocratic uh, <laughs> family, and but she became a spy during World War II. And this is her life story. And it is the most fat. Well, if you like if you like books about women, uh, you know you're going to like this. If you like books about World War II. That's good if you like books about spies, I mean she is incredible she's this she's not you know she didn't have any training, but she just decided that this is how she was going to help, and she worked for the underground and for the resistance. Leon at one point she climbed up over the mountains in to get back into Poland, okay, and then she skied down into Poland in the dark of night awesome awesome <laughs> parachuted into france and went and worked with the french underground during the war i mean she just was but the other part that's interesting about about um, miss christine granville because she's a very attractive attractive woman a hundred pages into the book Leon, she's already gone through two husbands and she has two lovers simultaneously <laughs> simultaneously both men knew about each other and yet she was so irresistible That they didn't care, they didn't care, and that they went on. So she, she had quite a few. She had a very active love life um, that assisted her um, as a spy, and she received, you know, major medals. She was one of Churchill called her her favorite spy, and she provided very, very valuable information to the British and to um, to the uh, forces about troop movements and about airplanes and about people she really was amazing but then here's the other thing that was so incredible about this um, biography is after the war was over she really she really didn't couldn't do anything else i mean she, she wasn't really trained as a secretary she wasn't a nurse she was a spy she was like a femme fatale spy and that's what she was good at so you know she was incredibly effective during the war and then her life actually—it's very sadly she was killed by one of her lovers, a deranged lover, um, later in her life. But uh, oh my gosh. I know, Leanne, That's what I'm telling you. This book is amazing. So it's it's written by Claire Mully, um, and it's uh, it's just—I mean, I, I hope they make a movie of this because she's such a fascinating woman. As so, that it, stupid
0: prisoners movie.
1: Yes, picking a pan there. So I mean, it that. It was just amazing to it was it was very uplifting, and she had such a different kind of life. I'm not saying she she would be your best friend, like I I don't. She didn't have many girlfriends, yeah. you know what I mean, but she had plenty of lovers, plenty she was of lovers. Not lo- part of
0: the American women's clubs in no. the cities where she spied in.
1: No, no, but she had she really did have quite a life, and she uh, and she accomplished a lot, and she was very daring. She was incredibly daring. I mean, she would just talk her way out of situations where the Nazis had surrounded her and somehow she would get free. You know, I mean, she just so she had just these there were in the book are multiple examples, you know, sort of hair raising situations where, oh, my gosh, how is she going to get out of this? And she does.
0: So what's the name of the book again? Just because people will
1: ask. The Spy Who Loved. And she certainly did. By
0: Claire Mully. How do you spell the last name?
1: M-U-L-L-E-Y.
0: Okay, excellent, excellent
1: pick. That is my pick. So stay at home, read the book, stay away from that movie.
0: <laughs> okay, now that we have, we're on a media tear. So uh, I, I just thought I would mention you know, for a second, uh, Katie Couric. Now I was really rooting for Katie Couric's show. Okay, if you can't root for
1: Katie, who, who you know, right. I know.
0: I guess I mean, there are people who don't like her. I am not one of them. I, I like her. I think she does a fine job in a wide range of topics, which is not easy. And she's managed to be a single mom for a long time and raise two daughters and, and do her work, and I think in a very professional way. So I was excited when she was going to daytime because I thought – uh I think they were trying to attract uh, viewers like me to that show. Like, I happen to be home usually at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I do like to turn on the TV or the radio at that time. I'm ready for a little stimulation. I like, you know, some some celebrity stuff. Not too much of that because there's so much of that on the morning shows now. You don't really need to see more movie promos. But I was really kind of hoping Katie would really tackle current events, even the news, in kind of an interesting talk show format. Mm-hmm. Well, she has not done that. And uh it looks like rumors are swirling that her show will be canceled mid-year and she may actually end up taking and this is I think the most dreadful uh dreadful outcome for poor Katie Kirk having to go to the view and take Barbara <laughs> Barbara Walter's place. Oh, that would be bad. Um but here Katie, here's the thing. If if I can just offer some advice cuz I think it's what you're thinking like They distinctly tried to make her show more celebrity driven when the ratings weren't what they thought they would be. Again, that is not what people expect from Katie Couric. So here's when I knew Katie's show was going wrong. Last year during the Boston bombings, that was so, you know, I was watching the news all day, like a lot of Americans, over that 48 hour period. And I turned on the Katie Couric show thinking, well, she'll have an interesting angle on this. You know, she will have assembled, you know, experts and everyone who's in New York and she'll be talking to survivors in Boston and that will be a good show. And she was talking to Honey Boo Boo, honestly, (laughs) honestly. And that's when I knew like, she must hate her own show. I can't watch her own show now. So Katie, I'm just begging you, even if your show is canceled, the last two or three months, just do the show you want to do that's what I would say. Go do some news stories. You're right there in New York. You have all the resources of ABC News. Just do some news stories, will you? Okay.
1: Yeah, that's a good tip. No, that's a good tip. I think
0: that's what people wanted from her and what she wanted. And there is a, there's a gap. We don't need Honey Boo Boo on another show. We have Ellen can talk to Honey Boo Boo and, you know, Queen Latifah can talk to Honey Boo Boo and, God knows good morning, America talks tiny boo boo. We expect a little bit more from Katie, you know? Get media subjects. Right. I mean
1: she I mean that was the thing. She had it when she was on CBS in the evening news, she was proving her gravitas. And right. that that is but it is it just it is remarkable how many people have attempted an afternoon or a daytime talk show. And how many, very, very, Jane Pauley was another, right. like, you know. Same that ha-
0: deal, yeah. Could have handled the news. They just underestimate the audience. Yeah. You know, so- let's just give the audience Duck Dynasty. I, you know, I wouldn't watch the show. I know I'm not going to spend an hour. And you could almost tell, like, Katie hates, not hates talking to those people, but the the Boston bombing thing, she looked annoyed. I, of course you would be. You're a news person. And the biggest, like, news story of the year is happening, like, live and you're talking to a reality tv star it's just uh so poor katie i hope she gets at least a couple months to do the show she wants to before she's forced to go on the view (laughs) is that
1: edgy enough for you wendy okay (laughs) all right well leanne you know it is tuesday so i have i've identified some trends that i wanted to get your reaction to okay if you
0: you haven't noticed julie is working up some segments for the (laughs) tuesday show
1: Picks and Pans and Tuesday Trends. Okay, so here's the number 1. This caught my eye Leanne, as as whether whether or not you would you or anyone else would be able to do it. This is at the North Carolina Family Medical Center in Chapel Hill. They are now doing a, gr- a group prenatal visits. Okay? So, 10 to 12 just imagine in your mind instead of going in one-on-one to see the doctor, you're, you're pregnant, you're going in to to see the um the OBGYN. Sure. These are group uh, meetings, so there are ten to twelve pregnant women, one doctor, and you're talking about about being pregnant oh, together awesome. so they this the idea here is that it's providing the patient with more face time with the doctor that rather than having an individual meeting you know for fifteen minutes, oh you get to have all of your you know personal exams separately. But the, but the talking to the doctor about how you're feeling or how you're doing, that's done in a group setting so that you can, uh, their hope is at this clinic is that you will benefit uh, from listening to other pregnant mo- you know, mothers about, about how they're feeling or coping with things. And um, there's some joint learning.
0: I think that's a great idea. I can see that rather, you know, you, I went to a birthing class where the woman who led it was full of a lot of medical misinformation, you know, yes, <laughs> so yes. it was bonding. She just was not an MD. So she was handing out a lot of bad information and yes. this way you get to bond with other mothers. It could be a really isolating time. It means you're going to have some friends, at least some contacts when the baby is born and you'll have some actually good medical information. I think that's a fantastic idea.
1: But so I, that's the upside. I think the downside is that for many people, they, you know, they may be, you know, more alarmed or more frightened if they hear about somebody else's condition or that they may be reluctant to talk about what they're really feeling, um, in a group setting. That's true. Yeah. But it
0: could be alarming because people are alarming. That's true.
1: But But when I first read this, I just thought it was going to be like a giant room 10 examining tables with stirrups, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, I was like that, that is, that's some kind of room there, you know, that everybody was in their stirrups and getting it. You no, know, but, but it's just, it's more for the talking part of it. You know, the well, the wellness part of the, um, of your, of your visit with the doctor.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm all for it. I think, okay. I think that's something I would have tried.
1: Okay. The other okay. Second issue, second trend that was a big story in the Dallas Morning News, um, and that is, and we this is similar to something we talked about last week, but it's about home distilling, Liam. Okay. Now we.
0: <laughs> that's right. Last the, week we talked about growing your own beer garden.
1: Beer garden. That's right. Beer garden. And did you know that federal law uh, uh, provides you with the opportunity to make a hundred gallons of your own? beer, or wine without a license. You are able to do that up to a hundred gallons. So knock yourself out in your backyard land. You can a while, but that is not true for whiskey, for, for spirits, for whiskey, vodka. That's it's illegal to make liquor at home. Now you can buy all the equipment you need to make liquor at home. That's legal but you can't actually make the liquor. Okay, that's that's the rule. But you know that home distilling. This is now there is a movement. These are and it's not just you know people you know moonshiners like you know we you know like you see in a movie. These are you know these are young urban people that are interested in you know home crafted whiskeys and uh, scotches and things like that okay. okay now so far it's against the law and the reason is because you can get you can really poison yourself you know you understand that right, right. so uh, but I just wanted to know what your take is on uh, on whether you think you know we should loosen the laws on on home crafted um, uh, spirits
0: Julie, I just keep thinking about what you said last week. Like, have you ever had homegrown wine? It's terrible. And so I'm suspecting like whiskey. Doesn't it take like 100 years to make a
1: decent whiskey? Like, (laughs) I think it's safe to say that it's just stay away. If you go to someone's house and they say that they have crafted a a nice batch of vodka, do not drink that. Because, I mean, you know, that's part of the, I think part of the, allure of home distilling is that you can up the alcohol content you know? oh yeah oh for goodness sake so all right so i i think home distilling that's a big thumbs down okay now the third the third trend was something that i just wanted to monitor because as you know leon uh it was it was a got a lot of press coverage um the ceo of starbucks howard schultz came out with a statement that he would prefer if people did not bring guns to his stores, you know, to his right. stores. His coffee right. store. And that just got me thinking, because here I am in Texas, okay? This is the land of guns. It like, is. You know, it, it really is. is. We're very pro-gun here, you know. and But I have never, ever, ever – I go to Starbucks quite a bit. I go to multiple Starbucks. I, I've never seen anyone with a gun in Starbucks. I just didn't – I just wondered – is this a trend in the north, uh, Northwest that, you know, people are are coming to get their lattes with shotguns or something? I haven't seen this. Is this uh...
0: or is that one, or is it just a statement, a political statement or any kind of personal statement that comes out of nowhere? Like when you drive into Berkeley, California, there's a big sign that says nuclear free zone. As yeah. if you were worried because, you know, oh, God, Orinda has tons of nukes. But no, I mean, it's just one of those things like, OK, good to know. Uh, it's, it's, please don't bring your guns to Starbucks.
1: But uh, I don't think it's a problem. I think it's just had to be. He saved. just he just want he wanted to say that. OK, yeah. right. He just so, wanted to say it. And so uh, that's, you know, I just want you to know as you're coming to Texas that you know, we can go and get some coffee, and you're not going to see any guns, okay? So that's uh... just,
0: you know, speaking of Starbucks, and this was not on our list, Julie, of topics to talk about, but it, it is a trend that's celebrating its 10th anniversary, and that's the pumpkin spice latte. Okay, what? And do you wonder, like, what did fall smell like before the pumpkin spice latte? Because <laughs> now everything is pumpkin spice. I everywhere. know. It's... <laughs> It's unbelievable that a coffee could have spurned like an entire aromatherapy flavor trend, and now it has a nickname PSL. Like you don't even have to say pumpkin spice latte anymore. And uh,
1: but it's like, and they only they refuse to like you can't get a PSL in August, right? That's impossible. Like but even you if- don't
0: want one in August, do you?
1: No, well, not not in Texas, no, because it's like 104. No, but I never want I never want a PSL. That's it. <laughs> Again, it's, it's a bad, I mean, it's sweet coffee. That's I'm out. Okay.
0: (laughs) It's super sweet. I allow myself to have one a year and it's usually (laughs) when I'm doing, uh, like Thanksgiving shopping, you Uh know, that feels right. It feels like, ooh, you know, it just is maybe like under 60 degrees here, and I'm trying to like feel the Thanksgiving spirit, so I have my one pumpkin spice latte of the year. But last year, last week, I walked into the grocery store, and there was a whole like pumpkin spice display of all the products now, the ice creams, and the cookies, and the breads, and the candles, and just everything has become a pumpkin spice latte world. It's unbelievable. (laughs) So... At least it's a short-lived trend. It's six weeks, and then we're out. Then we move on to mint.
1: Yes, and cinnamon. That's right. For the <laughs> uh,
0: where are we? Oh, we're we almost done. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. How could I have forgotten? A huge news story, uh, thanks to Yahoo, the five barkiest dog breeds. <laughs> okay, I want to
1: know this. I want to know this, because I'm i going to put a breed You know that I know. Well, well you tell me, because I, I have... I have an issue with a very, very popular breed because they bark a lot. Go ahead.
0: Okay. Well, uh, the good news, Julie, for you and me is our dogs are not on the list.
1: I, Of course. Well, that's surprising. Your dog is in a special place <laughs> because I think he barked into this show. A he little did. Later.
0: He barked in this. Sh- she did. But she only barks at one other dog <laughs> that she doesn't like. That's it. She doesn't bark. Total strangers. No, come on in. But uh, if you're that one black dog that walks past her house 10 times a day, don't come in okay but German Shepherds and Labs not on the list uh it shouldn't surprise you that many of these dogs are small okay dog number one beagles okay the only beagle that doesn't bark a lot Snoopy okay all (laughs) all other beagles I have a friend who has a beagle and she's a runner and that dog barks for five miles oh you know that's what they do they're bred to bark so beagles number one another hunting breed here you go Wire Fox Terriers,
1: yeah, Terriers. They're yeah. they're they that's their that's part of their job. They got to get up in your face and bark a lot. Yes, that, that's what they like to do. Mm-hmm.
0: So number three, also one of my favorite dog breeds. I saw one the other day. I thought maybe I'll get one of those. Now I'm not a West Highland White Terrier.
1: Oh, they're so cute. They, they are, are cute. cute. Yes, yes, they we have. Are our cute they're barkers Mm -hmm. yep but that's how
0: they like to communicate with you to get your attention they don't just stick their nose in your face or anything like my dog they they bark and then another dog I saw last week I thought they're cute how come more people don't have miniature schnauzers oh they're not cute okay okay but yes okay they're barkers too (laughs) and then finally a a breed I know you and I will never get a toy poodle
1: no of course not (laughs) But I'm but I'm surprised Labradoodles are not on the list. But maybe it's no, the because i the oodle part. The oodle part that is that that is I know Labradoodles are you know they're adorable and they're hypoallergenic and, but they are barkers, aren't they? Aren't uh, they?
0: barkers? They are barkers. As are you know the corgis and I love the corgis. They're yes, barkers too. Yeah. And then can I just make a plea as a large dog owner? So we have a few minutes here. just yeah. Two small dog owners. We've had a rash of incidents with small dogs in our neighborhood lately. And uh, here's what I would like to say to you. You are giving my dog way too much credit. Okay, you think my dog knows that she's an 80-pound German Shepherd. <laughs> so when your dog's off the leash oh. and comes running at her barking and yapping in an aggressive manner you think she's gonna my dog Mia is gonna say well I'm 10 times bigger than this dog I should just let it attack me that is not the case small dog owners so oh Julie we have had some terrifying moments over the last like three weeks people with small dogs I understand dogs get out. A lot of times people with small dogs walk them off the leash and, oh, look, they have a big personality. No, they're just barking and my dog is going to, I'm terrified she's going to reach down, you know, take one bite and kill the small dog. You know, I just, I'm begging you, please put your dogs on a leash because big dogs don't know they're big dogs. And they just see your snarling dog as an enemy combatant. You know,
1: (laughs) they don't. They're not thinking. Now, this is a very deep thought that you're ending the show on. <laughs> I'd really never thought about how my dog views himself as a big dog or as a little dog. I don't know, but I think you're right. They may they do not know. And uh,
0: They don't know. They know that someone's being aggressive, another dog, and they're going to defend themselves, and they have every right to do that. Yeah. Like you can't expect them to have more consciousness than your dog.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: you know, mainly cuz a friend of mine who lives down the street has a great Dane. And she had this problem. One of these small dogs came at her dog, and the owner was like, "Oh, he thinks he's a big dog, ha ha ha!" And the Great Dane just put his head down, took one bite, and killed the dog.
1: Oh, <gasps> oh, really?
0: It was terrible. I mean, I mean, needless to say, she felt awful. But yeah. the small dog owner was letting her dog like jump up. Oh, look! Oh, isn't that funny? And my friend kept saying, "Could you grab your dog? Could you grab?" And boom, it just so now I'm 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 terrified. We've had a We've had a couple of incidences lately. So I'm just begging you, small dog owners, keep them on a leash or keep them away from big dogs because big dogs are, they're not that bright. So (laughs) (laughs) they don't have a meta perspective on where they exist in the world. (laughs) Yes,
1: that is it.
0: Okay. All right. A couple of, uh, a couple of follow-ups. Okay. So we have the Dallas meetup next Monday night. Very exciting
1: warwick melrose hotel on oak lawn avenue you can google that we'd love to see you come by it's going to be fun
0: otherwise it'll just be me and julie sitting there (laughs) in the library bar um i am going to be in baton rouge in new orleans i did have a letter the baton rouge uh appearance is a private organization so i cannot invite people to that i feel terrible uh but that is unfortunately a private organization so it's not really up to me so uh and I don't really have enough time in Baton Rouge to uh, to arrange a meetup, but um, perhaps another time. So that, uh, I apologize for that. That's a private organization, as is my quick appearance in New Orleans as a private organization. Uh, what else? Oh, last week I mentioned the really good iced tea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Where's that recipe, Liam?
1: It's
0: oh. at com. I posted it today. Oh, okay. I'll put a link at Satellite Sisters, but I did post that really good iced tea recipe that I mentioned and a couple of other things. Uh, uh, Three Things to Love on Tuesday is over there at Chaos Chronicles. Um, Thanks to everybody who's posted on the Facebook page. It's been very active this week. We really appreciate uh, all the activity, all the messages. And you know what? Last week we asked you to give us the thumbs up on Stitcher and it really made a big difference.
1: So bravo. Thank you very much. Thumbs up. So now I I need to, we need to end this show with something sort of edgy and mean. So (laughs) shut up, sister. Just shut up.
0: (laughs) I I never say that. I know you don't. (laughs) I never say those words. Are you happy, Wendy? Look what you've done to us. <laughs> okay. All right. Julie and I will be back next Tuesday from Dallas together. We'll be in Dallas doing the show next week. And uh <laughs> and until then, don't forget, call your satellite sister. Let that the weekend get caught us up. We fits across the floor.